Bonjour, mes amis. In the heart of your busy day, find a moment of peace and pleasure at La Madeleine. Imagine a cozy corner of France just for you. Whether you choose to relax by the warm glow of the fireplace or indulge in the art of French conversation on the patio, La Madeleine offers the perfect escape. And now, for a limited time, enjoy La Madeleine's Douai Magnifique for just $9.99. That's a melted-to-perfect four-cheese grilled cheese sandwich paired with a cup of their famous tomato basil soup. It's the quintessential pairing, just right for the season. At La Madeleine, they cherish the French tradition of fresh cuisine, crafted with ingredients and recipes that have been lovingly passed down through generations. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. A little piece of France you can call your own. Find your local La Madeleine at lamadeleine.com. Escape the ordinary. Savor the Douai Magnifique. Visit lamadeleine.com today. Bon appétit. Hey, queens. Before you listen to this week's episode, we want to let you know that this discussion includes the topics of sexual assault and sexual violence, which may be triggering for some individuals. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault or violence, please call the Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sex Queens. I'm Jules. And I'm Maggie. Keeping you on top so you stay hot. Hey, queens. Welcome to the first Naked News of 2021, where we bring you the latest and the greatest in the world of sex and sexuality. Yes. Hi. Welcome back, guys. You know, we keep you informed so that you can stay on top, like we always say. <laughs> you can stay on top of what's going on in the news. Um, and for this one, for the brand new year, I wanted to focus on one topic because it's coming around again. Um, and I feel like it's a topic that sometimes I think it's going to cycle. I think this is going to be the norm and the trend. Sometimes it goes kind of in the background. Sometimes it kind of comes back. Um, so that's why I wanted to touch on it, because in this month, there has been multiple scenarios where this has come up again. Um, so I thought that it was important that we cover it and kind of just keep the conversation moving, because, again, I think sometimes it goes into the background and sometimes it goes into the forefront, but it's important to not be forgotten about. So what we had wanted to cover is basically it's a continuation of the Me Too movement that's kind of going on. And originally those names that were associated with it were like the originals, right? Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, just Jeffrey Epstein. Um, but now in this month, there's been brand new allegations on multiple people of high profile um, where multiple women are coming out with different allegations. Um, so just kind of wanted to go through that. Yes. So in the past couple weeks, two celebrities in particular have come under fire um, with uh, survivors of sexual assault saying that they were their abuser. So one of them being Army Hammer and then another one being uh, Marilyn Manson. Um, So Army Hammer is an actor and uh, has been in several pretty big movies. He was in The Social Network. I think that's like the biggest one for me that comes to mind. Um, And Marilyn Manson was a, or is rather, a uh, musician that's been around for, I think since like the late 80s. Um, He's been around for quite some time and has had like multiple Grammys, um, platinum albums, like award winning, Um, has definitely been a big part of my life growing up. I've listened Mm -hmm. to a lot of music. So I think that one out of the two of them 
affected me the most on a personal level, uh, just because of what his music represented for me when I was growing up and, and everything. So uh, I guess the first one we can talk about is Army Hammer, if you're cool with that. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just, yeah, it's like the, they're both pretty high profile. I'd say Marilyn Manson has more of a reputation, right? Like how you said, because he's bigger, has more prominence, but they are both pretty prominent figures. Like Army Hammer, I think has done quite a few things. And now ever since these allegations came out, he's dropped out of a few projects. Yeah, he dropped out of a movie that he was going to film with J-Lo. Yeah. And he made the decision to drop out, I feel like, before they decided to let him go or something. Um, so he made the decision to to step back from that role. And I think it was it's already been filled with another actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, the allegations that were brought forward were um, a series of, I believe it was Instagram messages yeah. or text messages. I can't remember which Like screenshots of it. I think it came out on Instagram, but it was basically messages between him a few years back where he was talking about um, sexual fantasies, cannibalism, like the themes of the sexual fantasies were cannibalism, rape affairs, and sexual misconduct. It was basically from some yeah. years back. Because he's been married for a while, too. He's married and has kids. Well, divorced, but he had, like, a 10-year relationship with his spouse. And I think he has two kids, if I'm not wrong. That Don't quote me on that, but I do know that he has children with the ex-spouse. He does. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the These allegations are actually, I, I don't know if the word interesting is the right word, but I've never heard of this kind of sexual fantasy before. That's for sure. Yeah, um, cannibalism, right? Like I read into it, one of the women who's come forward, because there's, I think that there's two women that have come forward right now about that, um, yes. stating claims of this. But one of them, I read like an extra article about she went into a little bit further detail with it, um, where she was saying things like he carved um, letterings into her pelvis area, physically abused her he would like bite her all over whenever they were having sex according to her right and that he was like saying that he had fantasies such as like oh i want to take out one of your ribs and then cook it and eat it in front of you so that was i think where the cannibalism part came into play you know just just Um, like foreplay (laughs) just like foreplay i just want to eat your rib in front of you is that (laughs) is that weird Is that not yeah. is that not an aphrodisiac? Remember when we covered aphrodisiacs? I oh don't know if ribs from people are on there. <laughs> um, and not to make light of it, but at the same time, you know, we do like to throw in a little bit of humor. Um, and I do believe that even dark situations do have a tiny bit of humor. Like this is very serious and those are serious allegations. If that's something, you know, that would be occurring. But there is a little bit of humor to that, right? <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the text messages, if you've read them, they're, I, when I'm uncomfortable, I tend to laugh. Yeah, it's and a deep one. So, let it's, me tell you, I was human. laughing a lot when I was reading them because I was just like, what? <laughs> How do you say this to another person and think this is okay? Um, yes, but so there was this interesting discussion that I saw on a, another podcast that I listened to um, by, well, shout out to Your Mom's House podcast, which, you know, Sure, they listen to our show, um, but it's by this comedian, Tom Segura, and his wife, Christina P. And they were discussing this and saying, and basically having the debate of whether he can be penalized for the messages themselves, mm-hmm. because is it just a fantasy, or mm-hmm. is it or is it because it's so graphic, it has the intent to actually act on them? And if whether he has or hasn't acted on them, and if he hasn't acted on them, is there harm 
than just, you know, expressing these fantasies in like a, a text, a textual way. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I, I thought that was an interesting comp- like discussion to be had. Um, but that being said, I know that one of his, I think it was his ex-girlfriends or like someone that he was involved with. Um, she was saying that like, you know, in person, he was making her feel really uncomfortable. So right. like that there's two women that were stating that he made them feel uncomfortable, like physically unsafe. Uh, I know that one of them was like saying that like, in, during one of the first dates, he showed her some movie. I don't remember which one right now, but it was the one where it's like the person was like about like being subservient, like to basically be like, oh, this is the type of mindset that I like like almost like the beginning of like that grooming on like an early date. And that's the same one that was accounting for like the branding and the biting. So, I mean, that type of stuff. Right. But on the flip side, right. Like he went back to being like, Oh, these claims are bullshit. And I know his lawyers had like made a statement that it's like, Oh, it's between two consenting adults that were both like aware of what they were going into. I feel like that's like, you know, the flip side, right? Like when we talk about these different things and like fantasies and different scenarios, we always talk about that, right? Like consent discussion and how both people are feeling about it. And if both people are actively engaged in it or not, because that's where like the line. So that was right. Yeah. So, right. So like, that's where the kind of the discussion took place is that um, I think because it, it's not, and I think this is an important distinction to make. Um, he's not being penalized for his fetish. Yeah. He's being penalized for doing something without having the consent of the partner. Right. Like that's abusive. If you're just like, I'm just going to do it, but we've never just right. say we've never talked about it. And I don't know how you I feel mean, about it, or I'm going to like manipulate you into it versus you're open to it. We've talked about it and it's your fantasy too. Right. And I think that's an important distinction to make because a lot of people might have fetishes that are uncommon or are, you know, shamed and so right. they don't want to come out about them and they might think, oh, well, this is just a fetish. And that and that's true. He does have a particular kind of fetish, mm-hmm. but that's not what's being in question here. It's it's the it's the um, act of consent, which obviously wasn't present in these two women that are coming forward. But I will say, um, so I like I said, I had never heard of this before, but sexual cannibalism is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a fetish. It's called... Uh, Erotophonophilia. Um, it's a sexual paraphilia in which individuals have extreme violent fantasies and typically kill their victims during sex or, I feel like this is more common, mutilate their victims' sexual organs. Uh-huh. So, you know. Like, it's a thing, okay. but I was going to say that's <laughs> more common than killing somebody. But I'm sure that that also is, like, right, since it's a fetish and... Oh, but here's what's interesting is that there's another type of sexual cannibalism called vorarophilia, which is a sexual paraphilia in which individuals are sexually aroused by the idea of being eaten. Okay. So like the opposite. Actually, I you can't have about that. Like that. You can't have consent. Like that's where I feel like, I mean. You can't. I was going to say if it's both people's fantasies, right? Like somebody (laughs) might be like, yes, you not not to be funny, but being like, yes, you can eat my rib in front of me and it's going to turn me on. Right. Yeah. It can totally be a thing if that's, if you have that and that, right. That's like a matchup um, to being um, both people would have that fantasy. That's technically they're both on board. That's technically. Also, it says that within here, it says that, yeah. So the word fantasy is important to note too, because it also says that you do fit within this fetish. If you don't act on any of them, you do fit within this fetish. If you have a fantasy of it, Mm -hmm. because there's some fetishes where I think if you don't fantasize, like if you don't do them, 
I don't know, there's like a gray line or gray yeah. area there. But for this one, um, I mean, acting on it would be pretty violent. But Right. But that's what we always talk about, right? That's what we talk but, about in all those episodes about. But the, we- fantasy, the fantasy itself is also considered part of the fetish. So, right. Um, I mean, Army Hammer obviously has this this fetish, but I think, again, like we said, where it came into um, a problematic area and where it turned into assault is that, um, you know, these girls felt incredibly unsafe and obviously he didn't have their consent to make them feel that way. So, right. um, yeah, that was very, very interesting, I think. I think so, too, because I think it brings up, like how we said, something that's obviously not widely in the norm and is like a small percentage right but it kind of brings light to like the different types of things that are out there and again yes how we talk about always that distinction in between fantasy action consent like all of that tied into one (laughs) little thing so that was one thing that happened in 2021 yeah start this year off strong um (laughs) but yeah so it's going to be interesting to see i think what happens with this yeah and then the other one I think that this one is a very big deal one because it's been like clearly a really long time. Um, like it's from a while back and the person just came out now, obviously, in the Marilyn Manson scenario. Um, and this one is interesting for like multiple reasons. But so in this case, earlier this week, the actress Evan Rachel Woods, she named her ex-fiance as a long, long time abuser. Um, she basically claims that he um, brainwashed and manipulated her into submission. Um, that's before she came out now, because this was she was really young. I remember reading your article. I think she was he was like thirty something, and she was I think in her early twenties or right out of. No, her she said, well, she said that he started grooming her when she was a teenager. Teenager, yeah. There you go. And he was already I think like thirty six, something like that. Like his age was a lot higher than hers from when it started and then so she was saying that for a long time she was too scared of retaliation slander or blackmail to come over come forward but then decided that now was the time to you know advocate for this and bring her story to light um so just to put just to put in perspective of like when this happened so she was 18 and he was 36 um she is now 33 so that's what that's like 15 years ago uh so that's when we're looking at this timeline. That's when it started, rather. Mm-hmm. That's when she met him. Um, and then they, it's that she she says that they that he started grooming her at that age, and then um, eventually they got engaged to yeah. be married. She says that um, the type of domestic violence wasn't just physical, but it was also like toxic mental, yes. um, and sexual abuse, yes, uh, including threats against my life, severe gaslighting, and brainwashing. Well, basically, I was reading that she was, like, she was saying that if she was, like, being punished, she'd be, like, locked in her room. She was, like, physically um, abused to show her, um, what is that called? Commitment? Devotion, yeah. And then, like, not allowed to talk to other men, shamed for anything that was, like, considered wrong. Like, right, like, that, like, mental manipulation that, like, goes under not being able to talk to your friends that are you're close with, so isolation, like, basically, all of those things that come into play, right? And being, like, your mind, dieting, sexual preferences, all of that. It sounded like all of that was going on in her in her account of it. Everything that I was reading, right? And, like, torture scenarios, things like that. There also were s- several other women that have also come forward, which I think mm-hmm. is where this kind of blew up in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there's a woman, uh, Ashley Walters. She said that she continues to suffer from PTSD. Oh, yeah, yeah. The relationship that she had with him um, as a direct result of the relationship she had with him, just the abuse that that he caused her. Um, And then, yeah, there's a few other women that also say they have like PTSD, nightmares, um, things like that. So... Well, yeah, and then also they were like saying that um, since he was so prominent and had so much influence, they felt very like small and helpless in it because one, some of them like for their career, some of them just for again, like worry about retaliation or that he had a lot of, he can pull a lot of strings. So it sounded like there was a lot of that going on, right? Yeah. Like as to like like, why, right? Because it's like when you're a very prominent person or you're around one, you feel very small and like you you know like you can be shut down easily oh definitely a power play here but i also think that one of the reasons he became so popular is because he represented the outcasts or he represented Mm -hmm. the people that felt like they didn't really fit into the norm of society Mm -hmm. or the people that you know felt rejected by their parents or whoever it was and and he really made them feel like worthy and like they had a community and that they that their thoughts, that their their angry thoughts were still valid. And I think that was a really important thing that he represented for a lot of people and the time that he was making all that music. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think this one really hit hard for a lot of people because similar to the Army Hammer, where it's not about, like, it's not, and I, and I think people are, like, pointing to, like, lyrics in Marilyn Manson songs, you know, now and saying, like, well... He, we should have seen this all along because he says violent things in his lyrics and he says uh-huh. violent things here and there. And the thing is, is like you can you can write a song about violence all you want that has nothing to do with what you're doing outside of when you're singing that song. Right. And it's the same thing with like Army Hammer. You can fantasize about this all you want. That's, long, not, what's yeah. on question. That's not what's on trial here. It's, it's what you're doing mm-hmm. in a non-consensual way to make these women clearly feel so uncomfortable that they feel like they were assaulted. Like, that's that's the part that and so for me the hardest part i think for me and that i think a lot of other people are feeling about marilyn manson specifically is that he represented a lot of and he talks about like sexual assault and he talk, and i think a lot of his fans you know and people that have been felt rejected because of that experience and he gave them a place to be like no it's okay that you're angry and it's okay that you feel these things you know mm-hmm. um, and then to come around and have him be someone who's accused of sexual assault mm-hmm. that's I think for a lot of people to deal with right and then um, it sounds like that was part of his thing right like how you're saying like it's like he even in talking to women or that's what I was reading in one of the articles is he was like well I'm like misunderstood I'm actually like this way right to kind of drop a person's guard but then kind of use it against them in that type of way but what I do find interesting because I think it just shows how different each interaction is in between person and person what, and like, you know, how you, I don't know. This I find interesting because I read another article about his ex-wife, Dita Von Teese, the burlesque dancer. And she was like, she made like one statement and she was like, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. But she was like, I have had a totally different experience than these allegations that were made. Like she was like, she was like, oh, I'm shocked by this because like they were together in a relationship for a long time. And she was like, I did not feel like this, you know, like, she's like, that's not how I think our relationship went. And then she was like, that's why we got married. Cause I think she was together with him for a long time and then got married for a short time and got divorced. But she was like, the reason that they got divorced was due to um, his infidelity and drug use, not 
like she never felt like she was abused or manipulated or that he was doing any of those things. So she's basically like, oh, I don't, I'm shocked and I don't see this right in like my relationship with him and I was married to him. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. And then she was like, she made like some statement about being like, I hope that whoever came forward is able to get like, you know, the help that they need from this and feel like, I don't know what. Well, yeah. And I, and again, I think that's also something that's, that's an interesting point to make about um, sexual abusers is that mm-hmm. sexual abusers can have a wife, two kids and a house in the burbs, right. a job. Everybody thinks he's a nice guy. I mean, it's the same thing with like any, any type of abuser, you right. know, um, what someone like that of that caliber is going to do. They're going to pick someone who they think they, that they can essentially get away with it. Mm-hmm. So like, that's also important to note is like, a lot of the times when these happen, there are people that come out and say, well, that's not my experience with them. So it must right. be not true when that's not that you just weren't like you just you, and that might be the case. Like, obviously, you know, you have to leave it to a court of law, but like yeah. that's not a justifiable way to minimize someone else's experience. I think that that kind of does it, though. Right. Like it gives people the two sides. I just brought that up because I was like, oh, it's interesting when people do that. Or because I mean, it is true. It's like, again, it's like keeping in mind that it's like you can have a different experience with the same individual because it depends on how you are too. like how you said. It's like abusers are smart and cunning, right? They're going to pick somebody that they can prey on, not somebody that they think that they can't. And then I going back to army for a few seconds, because that reminded me of that in his article. It's like, you know, everybody has the areas of compartmentalization that they're capable of because he said kind of a similar thing. Like they were like saying that there were some articles about him and his family life. And he was like, well, you're not going to like pull the hair of your wife because that's not what your wife is for. So it's like almost like it's like, oh, that's kept in a separate category. But then like, oh, like to your point, right? Like, oh, somebody else I can do that to. But somebody that's my spouse or my whatever, like if you if they put them in a different category, they're like, well, that's not something I would do with them. So that's where those different experiences can come from is also what that person views the other individual as. Um, Yeah. And I also think, I mean, obviously this all comes down to one word. It's consent. I mean, like, even if you are cheating on your wife, you know, and you're, you're having some like BDSM relationship with someone that you're cheating on your wife with, um, if it's consensual, then, you know, not, there's not no harm, but certainly not sexual assault. If it's not consensual, then it is like, that's pretty much you know, the black and white right. nature of it. Um, it's just how those like things can come up where some people are like, oh, do yeah. I believe them? It's just a reminder that it's like each person is going to have their own relationships. So, you know, everybody's account is their account. So don't right, minimize right, right. somebody else's account because you can have a totally different relationship with the person because they have put you into a different category. That doesn't right, mean right, that right. they can't have that other relationship in another category because that's the category that right. they put the other person in. Like that they're not capable. No, right. Sure. Like it makes it be like, oh, I can't believe that. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't happen. It just means you are not in that category. And so you just like, you know, just like we have different interactions in day to day with people, different scenarios, different person. Right. So it's just saying that, that it's like, you know, I feel like sometimes people go out for this like tip for tat to try to be like, oh, what's the truth? My point is that it can all be the truth because people have capabilities of being different with different people. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I think that's completely true. It's that it could all be true. Like you can be sweet and you can be a good spouse and husband because you have put yourself in that category with that person. And then you can also be a manipulator and all this other stuff and the other allegations with another person because with that other person, that's your role. I'm saying you can take on all these roles and it can all be true. And people don't need to argue which side is true because the whole thing can very much so be true. 
So that's my main, my main point on that is that it's like the, you know, it's like when the people come out with these accounts and then I feel like sometimes they try to like almost like combat each other. It's like, no, your account is valid and your account is valid. You're, you weren't in the other person's situation. And you have to remember that each person's interaction is their own personal interaction. Behind closed right. doors, you're never going to know, right? <laughs> when, a, when a survivor comes forward, they, um, you know, are worthy of, that being looked into. Right. And being like that, that was their interpretation and that was what they, what happened for them. Right. Um, and then that goes back to, again, I think that this is going to be a big topic and going to keep, I clearly keep going up, up. I don't think that me too is going anywhere. Right. Like that's the category that this is under, but basically this idea that it's like, you know, people do come up forward with their stories and they are feeling more comfortable with sharing and not as worried maybe about retaliation because it's becoming more of a norm, which is good. It gives people a safe space to talk about what goes on. Right. Um, but then just a reminder for everybody that if you're knowing somebody from sec- who's a survivor of sexual violence or needs to talk about it, remember, you could always call the National Sexual Assault Hotline, which is 1-800-656-4673. So if you're needing that type of information or you need to talk about it, just know that that's always there and available nationally. 100%. And um, we hope that the survivors that are involved in these cases um, get the justice that they deserve. Mm -hmm. And now their story is heard. Uh, So thanks for tuning in for our pretty, you know, dark and (laughs) hot off the press uh, naked news segment. The first one of 2021. But it's important because all of this kind of spilled out right now. So I felt like it was very, it is dark, but it's very worth attention because it's all happened kind of in a cluster. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to just like pick the funny and silly stories. Like obviously we keep it silly every once in a while, but um, you know, we want to make sure that we're bringing you topics that are relevant to everyone that you guys can connect with. Um, If you have any more information on this or if you have any questions or you think that we missed something, um, or comments, you can always reach out to us on our Twitter handle at Sex Queens Pod. That's S E X Q U E E N S P O D. That's also our handle on Instagram. Uh, or if you want a more private message, you can also email us at sexqueenspod at gmail.com. And as always, we don't know why you came, but we're glad you did. See you next time, Queens. Bye.